Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Um, and I know I mentioned before, as soon as I guess we get off the phone, you're going to hop in the car from Boston and you're going to head down here. That's right. Looking forward to it. Very cool. Uh, first of all, are you a Red Sox fan? If so, congratulations. Are you kidding me? Of course. I, it was all I could do to stay up until uh, whatever it was, almost midnight, <laughs> way past my bedtime. It was a real nail-biter. Do you, do you have anyone who's going to drive for you today to make sure you <laughs> no. fall asleep? Okay. I, I, I got a good sleep. I'm okay. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Ben Bradley, uh, Jr. You are an you know, investigative journalist and author, and the new book is called The Forgotten. Again, how the people of one Pennsylvania county elected Donald Trump and changed America. Uh, I, I told you this yesterday i kind of mentioned this uh on the air when you called we were talking and i'm like i don't know about your book and then as soon as you started talking about what it was what i didn't know was the title that had slipped my mind but uh, a couple days earlier i had read an article uh, about your book and i was just fascinated by it and i just thought to myself wow this is a powerful book full of stories that are of course local to this area luzerne county and how lives were affected by this 2016 election. I mean, how, how would you verbally, you know, if, if, if people have never heard about your book, because there's been articles everywhere about it, but if someone hasn't heard about your book, what would you, how would you s- summarize it in a couple sentences? Well, I think the premise of the book is that more than half the country um, was shocked that a candidate as unusual as Donald Trump got elected president. And um, I think there remains in the country a great divide about this, and that there was a hunger to know more uh, about Trump voters and their reasons for uh, voting for the president. And I was fascinated by Trump's emergence on the on the, the Republican scene. I mean, here was a guy who. Uh, with no political experience, uh, real estate magnate, a reality TV show star, who said and did things along the way that um, were so controversial and that would have destroyed any other candidate. Yeah. But this guy was Teflon. He kept on going. And uh, so there was something there that really appealed to people. And combing through the, uh, of course, the election was decided in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And combing through the Pennsylvania vote, I discovered uh, Luzerne County, traditionally Democratic county, uh, which had voted for Obama twice, but surged in the other direction for Trump. He won it by 20 points and built up such a margin in that one county that it comprised 60% of his victory margin in Pennsylvania. So without Luzerne, he wouldn't have won Pennsylvania or perhaps the presidency. So I went down there and started poking around, um, introducing myself to community leaders who put me in touch with uh, people they knew who had voted for Trump. And over the next year and a half, um, returned to the county uh, many times and interviewed uh, perhaps 100 Trump voters in depth, and of those, selected 12 um, whose stories I told in the book. And I think, uh, writ large, 
their stories reveal a lot about um, who voted for Trump and why. Yeah, and uh, tonight you're coming in, you're going to have like a little panel discussion. It's going to be at uh, from 7 to 9 at Barnes & Noble. Now, that, that store still isn't open, so they have like a, what did, what did you call it, a satellite store? They call it a pop-up store. Pop-up I store. believe it's at uh, 250 East End Center, if yes. memory serves. Yes, 250 East End Center tonight, 7 till 9. You're going to have uh, two Trump supporters there on a panel. There's going to be a Democrat who voted for Hillary. And you guys are going to discuss, like have a, just a discussion about their life since the election. And now, uh, Lynette, is it is it pronounced Villano? Yes, Lynette Villano. She's going to be, um, she's one of the characters featured in the book, and um, she's going to join me as, as one of the Trump people on the panel. I think it's funny that you called her a character, because really, uh, there's an article, the article I read was in Politico, uh, on Politico.com, and uh, it just says, I found Trump's biggest fan, and it just tells this story about how her family, you know, split. Uh, parts of her family split over this election, and you have detailed text messages between her and her grandson, and, uh, you, know, she, you know, to her credit, as hard as it is, she's standing, you know, sticking her ground, you know, digging her heels in, and she's owning her love of the president. Well, it's a, it's a it's a dramatic story. You're referring to a, a, an excerpt from the book, an adapted excerpt uh, that ran in Politico last week. And um, you know, this country, this election was very emotional and affected people in different ways. And uh, Family conversations around holidays were often difficult um, when you got when you had some people voting for Trump, others for Hillary, and uh, there's a lot of raw emotion about the election that still remains. And yeah. Lynette's story about um, the uh, tension that she had with her grandson over this, uh, I thought, was very revealing yeah. and illustrates. The great divide that remains in the country, and the question is, how do both sides begin talking to each other again? And that's one of the things I mentioned to you when we talked yesterday. I just uh, officially got this spot, uh, and, you know, I've been doing about, about three weeks now. One of the things I kind of I wouldn't say preach. I hate using that word, but I tried to just say, look, we can agree to disagree as long as we're respectful to each other and we can have a conversation. That's kind of what I'm all about because this idea that you have to just stick to one side baffles me. Like, I just feel like things are just so polarized now because people, you know, treat politics like sports and they take their, you know, talk to a Yankee fan today, but they won't give you a hug. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people get very passionate about this stuff and it gets, you know, it just gets people fired up and people don't think I'm genuine when I say this, but I would love to hear both sides of the story. I want to hear people I disagree with versus, you know, it, it's just a very complex situation. I, I, you know, were you surprised by what you found in Luzerne County? Well, I'm, um, or was it just as predictable? Like you just, you know, the, did the answers surprise you? Did the people surprise you? Was there, you know, did you come out with a clear cut? Like, okay, this is exactly what happened and why. And well, I think I learned a lot. You know, I'm 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 from uh, Boston and Massachusetts, a blue state, and uh, you know, there are many bubbles throughout the country. Yeah, and. You look at a map of the country, uh, county by county, uh, and the election results look like a, a sea of red um, with only blue pockets on either coast. So for me, it was uh, it was an educational experience too to learn much more about uh, Trump voters and why they uh, voted for him. And, you know, the depth of uh, alienation, I guess, that existed in the country 
people who who felt marginalized by uh, flat or falling wages uh, or, or isolated by a liberal culture that mocked their faith and patriotism. Uh, they felt that others were cutting in line, uh, as it were, taking too much money from uh, people who could work. Um, and they felt a loss of dignity, I think. And uh, Trump, Trump tapped into this, and one of the characters in the book says that people tend to fall in love with their therapist because they feel listened to. And I think Trump folks there felt that Trump really listened to them. And uh, yeah, you, you mentioned, I'm sorry, you mentioned that uh, Luzerne, Luzerne County voted for Obama twice. Uh, Paul from uh, Dallas, he, he texted in and said the reason, in his opinion, I guess the reason Obama won was because people have a big heart here. They believe in the hope and they hope for that change when they didn't get it. Somebody else who spoke up and said, I'm listening to you really just captivated them. Um, you know, do you find people, you know, at this point, I read, did read one article, so I kind of, I'm pretty sure I know where your answer is going, but do you find people, you know, with any buyer's remorse or regret over this? Or are they just, my experience is they're still all in and they're like, look, I want to give this guy a chance to do what he said and he's doing it so far. Well, my, my folks, uh, of the 12 main characters that I, uh, I keep calling them characters, people, uh, but, but characters in the book of the, of the 12 that I feature, um, 11, said, 11 of the 12 said that if the election, uh, the 2020 election were to be held tomorrow, uh, they were still all in for Trump, and enthusiastically so whereas only one of the 12 had drifted into the uh, undecided category. It's interesting. The, uh, uh, do you find uh, them, and this is a question I've asked certain people, and, you know, personally, like, you know, ask the people, you know, do you support him because, you know, you believe he has your best interest? Do you, do you actually see things getting better for you, or is it just you have committed to this guy and you believe in him? Like, you know, there's a difference. Like, I've asked people, like, well, how is your life better? And they go, well, we're working on that, and it's a work in progress. Do they still believe the best is yet to come? I, I think in order to vote for someone, you have to have a, a you, you have to like them personally, yeah. and and that that often matters more than issues. Uh, some of my people, I think, disagreed with some of the things that he's done, uh, but they still just uh, overwhelmingly like him and pull for him. And um, so I think one question going forward uh, in the country will be to what extent. Trump has started up a movement which will outlast him, or whether uh, this movement is based more on on the power of his personality. And, yeah, that, uh, I mean that's interesting because I know a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, targeted Barack Obama for that. He's all, you know, he's all speech, and you know, but I, I think there's something to that about the president. You know, he's he's blunt and he's he's like that uncle everyone has who you know tells it like it is, and it's uncomfortable, but you laugh and. You know, you know he'd be, be there for you two in the oh, morning yeah. if you got a flat tire. There's something about that. There's a they like that. They they they, they loved his being. Uh, it, it's become a cliche, but they loved his being politically incorrect, and uh, they felt that uh, he liberated them to say things uh, which were perhaps previously considered taboo. The uh, you know. Do you make any predictions personally, or is it just you try to stay as impartial as possible? Do you say, you know, where do you think this is going? 
from you what mean, you in the country as a whole, like where do you do you think it's? See, I've said to myself, like I always have a you know I watch fights and the UFC and things like that. I never bet against the undefeated fighter <laughs> because they haven't been exposed yet. We don't know where their flaws are. And President Trump to me is interesting because he he has tons of flaws. But they don't affect him at all. So how do you defeat someone like that? I, I, yeah, I wouldn't bet against Trump. Uh, people, people have uh, constantly wrote him off during the, the course of the campaign. He would say something outrageous, and then the overwhelming reaction would be, "Well, how can he survive this?" But he did, and uh, he he seems to have behaved as president. I think he's. Uh, behaved more as president of his own base than he has over the uh, president of the country. He, he pledged in his uh, acceptance speech on election night to try and unite the country, uh, but he really hasn't. He um, he goes out and and uh, has these continues to have his uh, rallies in favored states around the country. He's going to be in Erie, uh, Pennsylvania tonight okay. for Lou Barletta. And um, he's, you know, in the, in, in the aftermath of the Kavanaugh thing, uh, he politicized the Kavanaugh nomination as he swore him in from the White House, uh, whereas Kavanaugh himself tried to strike a more unifying theme. And he, it, uh, he hasn't really tried to expand his base as president. Yeah. And that would not appear to be a winning reelection strategy. But you've got to remember that two of the last three presidents, uh, Trump and George W. Bush, have been elected without winning the popular vote. There's a, there's a strategy in the, in the numbers there. You know, one person uh, texted in and asked this question. This is from uh, Michael in Peckville. He said, uh, uh, Jason, can you ask Ben, how can Trump unite the country if the hatred is so strong and the propaganda machines of media, sports, music, and Hollywood uh, trash him, I'm sorry, trash him every day and every night? How can you unite the hatred for the country if it's taught and spread? Well, that, I think that's the $64,000 question. Um, and I think one interesting thing to watch for in the um, emerging presidential campaign, after the midterms, you know, the, the Democrats are going to start to uh, coalesce and advance their presidential candidates. And I think one interesting thing to watch for since the country is so divided now, whether a Democrat will emerge who will run essentially on a unity platform that we need to come together. Um, I think, look, it's all about leadership. And uh, Trump did say on the, on the, um, on, in accepting the, on election night, the results that he would try to unify the country. And that's what's traditionally done after a hard-fought fought, fought campaign. Right. This is about leadership. I mean, he, he can, it's true that there's a lot of hate on the other side, but um, he could, uh, as president, he's the president of the country. He's the only president of the country. Yeah. He could uh, transcend that and say, look, I know there's been a lot of slings and arrows in, in my direction, uh, but I think it is time to uh, reach out to the other other side and unite, and rather than um, condemning Democrats all the time, he could uh, extend them an olive branch, and he hasn't done that so far. Yeah, you know, and you made a point before the break talking about how, uh, you know, he's been president really to his base. Granted, he's, you know, I, I'll say he's our president, but he talks and he, you know, works and 
tries to play to his base. It's pretty obvious, but I've had conversations with people who are part of his base, like hardcore members of his base. And uh, what they say is he doesn't need to play to the other side. The other side is just too dumb and like something like that. They're too dumb. And when they figured out, they'll come over to us. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of this approach. Like, why should he talk to them? You know, he's doing everything we voted him to do. They are the ones, the people on the other side, they're the ones with the problem. They need to figure it out and come over here. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I don't either, but that's what I hear. We're, 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 all, we're all one country. You know, we're all, we're all Americans. And I think we have to find a way to, uh, to talk to each other. And I'm, I'm hoping that this book uh, might be a bridge for doing that. Yeah, um, and it, like tonight we're going to have um, you know two Trump voters and, and a Democrat um, on this panel at the at the Barnes and Noble and try to have a conversation, and there'll be questions and answers. But uh, I think there needs to be dialogue, and I think I think uh, some of the uh, Trump voters that I deal with in the book are are, are open to dialogue. That's that's good to hear. And uh, again, if you want to come out and uh, meet Ben, some of these. Uh, Characters or people, as you call them characters, but because they're in your book. But these are people from Luzerne County who are a big part of this book, uh, putting the area in the spotlight. Uh, the forgotten how the people of one Pennsylvania county, again, Luzerne, elected Donald Trump and changed America. Again, seven to nine tonight at the Barnes and Noble pop up, which is at uh, 250 East End Center. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.